0: Are you ready for some high adventure? Coming up next on the Mutual Audio Network.
1: The following audio drama is rated PG-13, suggesting that children under the age of 13 should listen accompanied with an adult.
2: I wouldn't get rid of Cordelia or slay any demons, but it was one hell of a comfort food, especially banana cream. Last time I was here, I didn't know my next move with a murder case. I suppose this visit isn't too different, except it's a demon that needs catching. It was different with Jonah, and even a siren if it came to it. A couple of bullets could solve the problem.
0: Oh Frank, that's a big pig sticker you got.
2: Excuse me?
0: The knife on your belts. If you even call that a knife, that sucker's huge.
2: Oh, yeah. That's scrap. And it saved my hide quite a bit, even though we only just met.
0: With that thing, you have a fella scared of overcooking your eggs.
2: That's why I ordered the pie, to save us both the trouble. This was a nice change of pace. Nothing trying to eat me or stab me, no magical traps other than the mystical properties of a good dessert. And I used this moment to let my shoulders sink down, letting a cool shiver of relaxation wash down my spine. And I hadn't felt at ease in months, and for the briefest moment, I forgot about Lady and devils masquerading as angels.
0: Have a seat wherever. I'll be right with you.
2: A man entered Cabaldi's. He looked nervous and jittery, like food wasn't even on his to-do list. His right hand was glued to his pocket, another bad sign. I slowly unsheathed scrap from her leather prison with my left hand. I continued sipping coffee with my right.
0: Give me everything you got in the register, old man. Son. I don't think that's a
2: good idea. While he said that, he was looking at me, my fingers sliding my knife out. He didn't want me to stop him.
0: Here's a bag, dump all the money in there.
2: Yeah, all right. Nobody needs to
0: get hurt over a few dollars. Okay, there you go.
2: The cook was hoping the robber was satisfied, but he wasn't, and he turned the gun to me.
1: Now you, put all your shit in the bag.
2: No thanks.
1: What?! Put your shit in the back! Hey,
0: Frank, come on, just do it!
1: Yeah, Frank. Listen to the old man. Just do it!
2: Not interested.
1: You know what? I'm glad you said that, because now I'm gonna-
2: The robber put a hand on me, and in one motion I pulled Scrap out and nearly cut off his fingers, sending the gun flying. I put the blade up to his throat before I slid him open. I was interrupted.
0: Frank! Come on! Let him go! If he's robbing a diner, I'm guessing he's having a tough time as it is.
2: I gave the thief a stone cold stare and traced the blade down drawing small droplets of blood. I grabbed him by the scruff of the neck and tossed him out into the street.
0: You're gonna wish you didn't do that!
2: I rolled my eyes and shut the door. You better hope this was the last time I saw him. Killing usually isn't the answer, but I know a career criminal when I see one. The kind of look you see in someone's eyes that tells you they won't stop, no matter what. (sighs)
0: Shouldn't have done that, Frank. I've seen him in here before Payne and Cordis. He's just having a rough go of it.
2: So putting you and your patrons at risk is okay? As long as it's someone who really needs the money?
0: I don't think he was coming in here with plans to hurt anybody.
2: Well, everything went according to plan then, didn't it?
0: You got a heart
2: of stone, Frank Dixon. Maybe you're too soft. Being caught up in empathy over a guy who has nothing to lose. That could get you killed. I paid my bill, including a tip worthy of being held at gunpoint. And I took my leave. Despite a little armed robbery, my mostly quiet meal was cathartic. On some level, I did have a decision to make. I could walk right back into Pan's Hollow and put a bullet through Cordelia's head. Death is a little too dignified for her. She deserved to meet a slower and more painful end. Or... I could postpone vengeance temporarily. She could have crucial information for dealing with our new mutual enemy. I'll admit, other than saying some Hail Marys, I didn't know how to best a demon. I still couldn't convince myself that letting Cordelia live was the best idea. Who knows if she would come up with some other plot. And I couldn't let her take someone else away from me. Things had already gotten out of hand enough. Which brings me to the million dollar question. How do I kill a demon? The quarries outside of town were host to what police believe was four adult male bodies. However, identification is difficult, as the carnage at the scene leaves little to piece together. Is this another feather in the cap of Darkrim's new vigilante? Some are calling her Angel because of her Old Testament justice and the halos of blood left on the victims. At least the ones not completely torn to shred. Angel? (sighs) I've had my fill of angels already. I wondered if this was Andras. I thought he came clean as a demon, but maybe he aims to fool someone else. Maybe the city itself? Doesn't really seem like his style. Ripping people to shreds is too time-consuming. You leave the city for a few weeks, and all hell breaks loose. I pulled up to Pan's, taking a deep breath, trying my damnedest to shake off the urge for revenge. I walked back into the bar with a cooler head than I left with. Making my way across the room, I saw Ulysses behind the bar, passing a drink to Cordelia, who is apparently back to a picture of health. I wish this time his magical goo didn't work so well as it did on me, but no such luck. And I was alarmed to see Cordelia run her finger over Ulysses' knuckles as he placed her cup. They shared a glance of lust between them.
0: Ahem. Oh, uh, Frank, how was your binge drinking? You're looking surprisingly sober.
2: I didn't drink it, but I am keeping it. Consider it asshole tax.
0: Well, be sure to let me know when I can settle up on yours. I'll be retiring early on that day.
2: (laughs) Do goats even retire? You told him. How do you take it?
0: Surprisingly well, actually.
2: Huh. That's a shock. Usually men like that try to kill us. No, I haven't abandoned the thought entirely. Aren't you a little spitfire?
0: Take it easy, Frank. You got Lady's killer.
2: Yeah, but she gave the order. None of this would have happened without her. That is not true. I didn't- As far as I'm concerned, she killed Lady. Her death is on this bitch's hands. Along with all the other victims. Especially that little boy- Stop
0: it, Frank! Little boy?
2: Yeah, and there's other children that went missing. Who knows how many he took for you in your damned portal, for a fucking box. Ch- children? I never told him to do that. I specifically mentioned leaning towards the elderly or those recently deceased. I <sighs> need some air. Get back
0: here, Frank. That's enough. She didn't know. She has a partial responsibility. One she will rectify.
2: How can you say that? Lady, that innocent kid. You're not doing so well, are you Frank? I plopped down on the barstool, sighing as my face was buried into my hands.
0: It might be best to let it out. What's on your mind?
2: I guess I've changed. Ever since the funeral, I've been slipping away more than just taking off fingers in a diner. I shoved Jonah's own blood pump into his flesh, even though he was already dying. I flipped the switch to drain his blood just like he did to his victims.
0: Okay, we'll come back around to the fingers in the diner parts. can't wait to hear about that one. But Jonah was a serial killer. A psycho killing children. If not that, what death did he deserve? He killed that little boy.
2: My rage killed that boy. He was down to his last moments, and I took the time to indulge myself. I was completely consumed by my hatred for Jonah. And in turn, I took away any chance of that boy living. So no, you're right, Cordelia didn't kill him. I did.
0: Pin this on yourself as much as you'd like, but you'll get no pity from me. He would have had no chance at all if you didn't kill Jonah. You making sure he died was important. To you, it feels like you failed Lady and the Child. But how many people did you save by stopping a madman? I can't help but see this glass is half full. At least consider viewing it through that
2: lens. I nodded, staring at the floor, too embarrassed to look Ulysses in the eyes.
1: Frank! It's about time! I wasn't going to wait for you because I'm in the middle of something, but here you are.
2: I shelved away my sorrows to greet my partner. I hoped he was doing well, but I hadn't made it a priority to get in touch while we were on the road. Dusty, you're looking good, kid. You putting on muscle?
1: (laughs) It's only been a few weeks, Frank.
2: You been out in the rain? You smell like a wet dog.
1: Well, you smell like steel cigarettes and burnt coffee from Cabaldi's.
2: That's a good nose, kid.
1: (laughs) I see you found Cordelia. Turns out she's not quite who we thought she was.
2: Yeah, but I'm still on the fence about letting her live.
1: I've got a call to make, but we'll catch up soon. Oh, and by the way, make sure you thank Sam for helping out so much at Lady Justice.
2: Helping out?
1: Yeah, well, since we are currently... In-between secretaries, Sam is taking calls and filing.
2: I'm proud of you guys for stepping up like this.
1: Thanks, Frank. I'm glad you're home.
2: Me too, kid. Me too.
1: As much as I hated to break up our reunion, I needed Reynolds to let me in on any new developments and possibly pull that wolf medallion out of evidence. I hate to even think about stealing evidence. It goes against everything I stand for, but... But it may fix whatever's wrong with me. Reynolds here. Hey, Reynolds, it's...
0: Hey, Dusty, what do you need?
1: This is gonna sound really awful of me, but can you take a coin out of the evidence room? I think it's connected to something serious and it's not doing anyone any good sitting in there on a shelf. Dusty, how could you ask me
0: to do something like that?
1: I-I-I know. I'm I'm sorry. N- never mind.
0: I'm <laughs> just kidding. I'll get it for you. Officer Stahl works the desk and she's into me. Cliche really. Nice quiet girl has the hots for the bad boy in vice.
1: You would do that for me.
0: Sure, no problem. Maybe at the underpass by the old granary in two hours. And since this is technically illegal and everything, he owe me a bottle of scotch. I can do that. The good stuff. <laughs>
1: It looks like Reynolds didn't mind playing fast and loose with the law and all. Him and Joe are nothing alike. I'm surprised Joe trusts him at all. For the most part, Joe was a cop who played everything by the book. Or at least that's what I thought. Of course, him letting Frank help him solve murders wasn't exactly a sanctioned event. Maybe he had a soft spot for guys who bent the rules. Okay, Frank, Ulysses, I'll see you guys later. Maybe tomorrow we make a better attempt at catching up. See you then.
2: Sounds good to me, kid. Be careful out there. I hear there's a vigilante where they go into town on criminals. Don't get caught in any kind of crossfire.
1: (laughs) You telling me to stay out of trouble? That's rich. Frank still had a sadness behind his eyes and, more than likely, rage in his heart. Even after knowing Cordelia didn't order a hit on Lady, which is understandable, but there's enough bloodshed in Dark Rim already. I was still holding out hope I wasn't part of the problem. All evidence pointed to the contrary. I lose consciousness, I wake up covered in blood, another mob operation is destroyed leaving a trail of gore behind. I didn't see any way around it. I was the murderer. And even if I wanted these criminals off the streets, this wasn't the way it should happen. I stopped into the liquor store to buy Reynolds's hooch, making myself increasingly complicit to the crime because now it wasn't a favor, it was a transaction. I let those thoughts fall by the wayside of my conscience and soldiered on.
0: Is this all for you?
1: Yeah, just the bottle. The young cashier clicked, snapped, and popped her chewing gum obnoxiously. And for reasons I can't explain, my head started aching. That'll be 12.37. Every time she bit down on her gum it echoed in my skull clanking from one side to the other. I threw the money on the counter and grabbed the bottle, rushing out of the store. But I didn't stop. I still heard chewing. I heard a couple arguing blocks away, a family eating dinner in a house across the street. What was happening? I ran into the small wooded area behind the liquor store. My gut wrenched, feeling like I ate a box of nails. I yelled out, or roared in pain, and then I couldn't keep my eyes open. Oh my god! Reynolds! I looked down to see the torso and head of Reynolds, his face frozen in a look of horror. No arms, no legs. A crown of thick, wet crimson around his head. What the hell have I done? Why did I kill Reynolds? He was only here to help me. I should turn myself in before I hurt anyone else. Who knows how many people I've killed. There may have even been others that weren't mentioned in the news or in the public. How much blood was actually on my hands? But even if I was in prison, who's to say they could hold me? It could be like a fox in a hen house. I... I couldn't turn myself in. Ulysses knows about supernatural things. Maybe he can help me. I need to show him the coin. As much as it pained me, I looked through Reynolds' jacket and found it on the inside pocket. The glaring eye of a wolf met mine. This was it. The cursed medallion that was responsible for changing me into a beast. I looked around for the incantation that went with it. There was no parchment. There was, however... Guns and limbs that didn't belong to Reynolds. What was going on here? I walked over to his car and found more dead men. I was only supposed to meet Reynolds here. Did he set me up? Too many bodies for one car littered the ground. There was a deep set of footprints produced by a very large man with dress shoes. I followed them down to the road a bit. The muddy shoe prints became mixed with blood, droplets at first, and streaks. A dead man lay broken against a cement wall, clutching his machine gun. But the blood didn't belong to him. Leading to the other side of the underpass was a car running. A wounded leg hung out of the driver's side door. A giant hand grabbed the leg ushering it into the vehicle. Reaching out again the man inside pulled the door closed, sticking his head out of the window he looked at me scowling. You're dead now, motherfucker. I know who you are. No matter what you are, everything dies. It was Gareth from the quarry. He recognized me from the hallway with Clark. This was not good. He turned the car around, headlights blinding me. He sped towards me and I jumped out of the way, landing next to the dead man. The car squealed to a stop and turned around. He was coming back to try again. Once again blinded, I grabbed the gun from the corpse next to me and fired wildly. I heard bullets piercing the windshield and a yell from Gareth. I shot him. But not good enough, I guess. He got away and I sat there, heavily breathing in the cold air as his car disappeared into the horizon. The silence was interrupted by noise from the field of tall grass behind me. I turned around to see a dark figure face obscured by a hood. Great, you let him go. What? God, you're useless. I barely survived. Who are you? In the time it took me to blink, she was gone. Who was that? Was she just waiting in the grass while I slaughtered everyone? Her sight seemed to be set on Gareth, but did she want me to weaken him for her so she could swoop in for the kill? I'm no one's attack dog or... Wolf... I found a third vehicle by where Gareth was. Keys were luckily still in the ignition. Walking back to Pans or wherever my car was would be awful after the day I had. I drove back to the liquor store and found my car right where I left it. I ditched the stolen vehicle and needed to get far away from it by the time the cops or one of Gareth's men found it. I held the mysterious coin in my hand sliding it in between my fingers. I wondered if the curse could be broken or... If I would remain a monster till death. If I had to, I would end it myself. I couldn't live my life putting everyone else at risk. I would get Ulysses to contain me and then figure this out. I just hoped he had some answers. Dusty,
0: you are back so soon?
2: Yeah, kid, you practically just left. I need you guys to restrain me. I'm not really into that kind of stuff, but... Maybe Ulysses is.
1: Oh, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Guys, I'm serious.
0: What's the problem, Dusty? This! Frank, help me tie him down.
2: (laughs) What? It's a coin, Ulysses. What's the big deal?
0: Frank, get him to the basement and help me bind him. You made the right decision coming to me, Dusty.
2: Basement?
1: Oh, yes. Ulysses flipped a switch underneath a pedestal holding decanters causing a wall in between shelves to depress and move aside. There it was. A hidden staircase.
0: Welcome to the basement. Now, Dusty, have you lost consciousness or can't remember gaps in your time?
1: Yes, every night.
2: Why is there almost an exact replica of the bar down here?
0: During Prohibition, this is how I stayed in business. This is my speakeasy. There's also an exit into the sewers from here just in case I needed a quick exit.
1: What's happening to me, Ulysses?
0: So your transformation is unconscious, correct? You have little to no control. That sounds about right. Well, whoever your friend is doesn't read directions very well, does he?
1: It wasn't a voluntary situation.
0: What idiot would give you the power as punishment? Men have killed for that power in these totems. Totems? Yes, a medallion giving you the strength and ferocity of the animal it represents. After we lock you down, I'll tell you all I know about
1: them. Where is the incantation? It was lost at a crime scene. It may be in evidence at Darkrun PD. Oh, that's unfortunate. The fix is
0: simple, but I need that sheet.
2: I'll go. And I'll go with you. No thanks. I'm doing this without killing anyone or summoning portals to hell. It wasn't hell, you big baby. It was a gate to open up a world between the living and the dead. Ulysses,
1: what are they talking
2: about?
0: We'll talk about that later. Frank, Cordelia, just go.
2: Fine, whatever. But I'm driving. You'll make a marvelous chauffeur. Okay,
0: Dusty,
1: that's as tight as it gets. What exactly happened over the last few weeks? Ulysses proceeded to tell me of demons disguising themselves as angels and... necromancy, boiled plots and betrayals. They had so much on their plate and now they had to deal with me. All because I wasn't careful enough on the docks. I was hoping whatever Frank's plan was for getting that incantation, he did it quick. I didn't want to know if these bindings would hold or not. Something told me that chains wouldn't be enough.
2: Well, stranger, we appreciate you stopping by to spend some time with us in the shadows. If you want more Neon Shadows, head over to at Neon Shadows Pod on all social media. And check out our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash Neon Shadows Pod. Subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. The cast of this episode was Dusty Willis, voiced by Dan Faulkner. Gareth, voiced by David Alt. Cordelia, voiced by Amber Wren Frank Dixon, voiced by Ian Knowles Reynolds, voiced by Christian Reeve Radio News Anchor, voiced by Logan Lenkowski Hooded Woman, voiced by Blythe Renee The Diner Robber, voiced by Zachary Dewey The Diner Owner, and Ulysses, voiced by Sean Goodrich The theme song is Neon Shadows, performed by Amber Wren Written by Tyler Brown and Ian Knowles. Neon Shadows was created and written by Ian Knowles. All rights reserved. Copyright Blunderbuss Studios 2021. Reuse or reproduction of our content is strictly prohibited.
1: So, do you like comedy?